That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania, and back from his sabbatical, just kidding, it's JC. JC, thank you for being with us today. Hey, Nestlemania, do you remember birthdays with JC? Well, I think I want to bring them back for this episode, because uh, somebody had a birthday. Was it Was it Drew Gulak? Was it, you know what, it was Tom Brady. Tom me? Brady, Tom Brady had an August 3rd birthday. No, Nestlemania. I believe it was you, and you turned the right age of 80 years old. I'm just an old man. I'm an old man. Yes, you are. You're a cranky old man. But you know what, Nestlemania? I'm going to try to brighten your day, because we start this program in the shine, and always in the shine, Mandy Rose and Otis finally came back to our televisions this week. Everyone was happy. It made SmackDown a joyous place. Mandy was talking really dirty with Otis about food, like... I mean, you want to talk about meat sweats. Woo! But, uh, but then, you know, of course, the party had to be ruined by Sonia, who's so jealous and attacked Mandy. And not for Mania, she cut her hair. I know. Look, I, I asked for this. I, I, I put it in a hope. A nestle hope came true for once. And I'm very excited about it. And I thought that it was wonderful. I went, okay. First off, Mandy's doing her thing with Otis. It was an odd thing because they were like, before the break, they were doing something, and then they came back, and then it's, okay, they're talking, and she's getting ready. It was odd that they had a date and catering, but whatever, that's that's their thing. And then, <laughs> you know, they do that, and, of course, Sonya's sitting there doing her thing, and just when she grabbed the scissors, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever wished for to come true. Like, it is, in wrestling, like, I am sitting here going, yes, I just want to see her do something, and she finally did it. And she's like, you're going to be as ugly as on the inside as you are on the outside. And, like, I love that shit. Like, I love that I thought it was over. Now it's not. Uh, clearly she'll have another weave next week, so we probably won't even know. Although it would be awesome if she was, like, just left the hair the way it was. But I don't know how you feel about it. If they should just immediately have her wear a new weave or if you think she should have some, like, butchered haircut or something. How do you feel about this? I think I was just assuming her hair, it wasn't any butchered. I think it'll just be shorter. Short-haired Mandy, which I think we're cool with, but uh, Nestlemania. I had two big takeaways from this. One was that Sonya took her hair as a trophy. Is she going to be carrying around a Mandy hair doll? I mean, I'm no voodoo guy, but I mean, you know, if you want to make a voodoo (laughs) doll, that's the first step to do it, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens here. I mean, clearly, I thought, like I said, I thought basically they had kind of taken all the meat off the bone. Like, I thought there wasn't much more to do, Uh, but Sonya did say a long time ago that, you know, we're never going to be done, so... Maybe they're destined to do this dance for a very long time. Who knows? But uh, it's a second-tier storyline that isn't about karaoke, so I'm okay with it, and I'm more excited by it. And uh, I, I even a little bit of extra that I thought was even funnier, which will probably lead to SmackDown this Friday, was the Miz and Morrison making hair puns. Oh, I was sitting so there going, good. I was sitting there going, I don't know why, but this is just—they were effortless. They were effortless the way that they were making fun of her. And then, you know, eventually after the 14th hair pun, Otis and Tucker get up and like, you know, whatever, which I assume will be a tag match this week to defend Mandy's Mandy's honor, which, you know, I don't even really care about it. But I I care more about Sonya and Mandy than I do about the tag team. But that's fine. It is what it is. Um, I'll be curious to see with SummerSlam coming up too, what happens. Is Sonya going to put her hair on the line? Is Mandy going to put her hair on the line? Is there anything going on there? Because I think it needs to happen. There needs to be some type of more disfigurement. And even if it's uh, Mandy getting comeuppance or something, like, I would, I would, here's the thing. I think Sonya has it in her to be like, you know what? I could pull off a shaved head. Why don't you shave my head for SummerSlam if that's going to get us on the card? I think she's the type of person that will be selfless like that and be like, you know what? If I know I'm going to get money, I know I'm going to be on SummerSlam, I will shave my head. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly where I went with it, too. I'm like, we might be headed for a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam, and uh, I would think Mandy would come away with the win in that one because that would make sense. But uh, either way, WrestleMania, I'm pumped and jacked. But you know what? As pumped and jacked as I was for that on SmackDown, there was something else that I was far more pumped and jacked for. I talked about last week how exciting it was we're having a King's Ransom on SmackDown because anything could happen. Well, of course, then Corbin comes out, interrupts Jeff Hardy, does this thing like always. Gulak attacks Corbin because they had a match, and the King was about to win, but freaking that jerk Matt Riddle had to show up and interrupt, and Gulak rolled up Corbin, but it didn't matter because end of days, night-night, no one kicked out ever. But the big part came later was, you got to remember, there was that King's Ransom on Matt Riddle's head, and you know who took the bait in WrestleMania? Shorty G, baby! And the minute that happened, I looked at it, I was like, wow. We just witnessed the Mega Powers 2.0. I don't know about the Mega Powers, but I will say it was exciting. I mean, I do. I mean, you, you overhype things. You are the overhype man. I mean, if there ever was an overhype no. man, yeah. You drive the train right off the track sometimes. That's much, how much overhype you do. Choo-choo. Seriously. But I did, the minute the minute I saw him come out and do the uh, the roll-up German, I went, well, JC's going to be boned up from the, uh, from the waist down. I mean, it's, you are a Gable guy. By the way, it, not something that we're going to gush over too much right now, but he called him Gable. He stopped making short jokes. So, I mean, maybe this is a new turn of leaf. Who knows? Well, I mean, Baron Corbin is, the like, the greatest leader ever. So it would make sense that he could bring out the best in Shorty G slash Chad Gable, whatever. Whatever Shorty slash Chad decides to call himself, I support because I support him. And I support him with Baron Corbin. What if he just called himself Gable? Would that be all right? Yeah, he calls himself Gable. He calls himself G. It doesn't matter to me. G, G, and off the top <laughs> rope comes G, you know, and then, G. then eventually when, you know, Ali and G become a tag team, they will be Ali G. It'll be great. Yeah, there Wonderful. you go. They Wonderful. were a tag team very briefly, but then Ali decided to ditch him. He's a jerk. That's why God Shorty needs a new friend. It's true. It's very true. Uh, there's a lot to get through. Uh, this, this entire show, both shows were kind of all over the place. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, anything on SmackDown that you uh, haven't talked about yet that you are excited about. The only last note I have from SmackDown that I enjoyed is Biggie obviously got his first single win against The Miz. Um, I think that made a lot of sense, and I'm all obviously to talk about last week, and it was my hope and everything. I'm all for the build of Biggie, so I'm excited to see how this plays out. I will say very quickly, I was watching it very intently, and everybody was saying. Oh, he gave him the stretch muffler finish. It wasn't the uh, normal Big E big ending. It was the stretch muffler, which was nice that they he won by a submission. Uh, everybody else calls it the Brock lock. I don't think everybody's sitting there going, oh, Brock Lesnar's going to face Big E. It's not going to fucking happen, guys. Get off your fucking high horses. You know nothing about wrestling if you think that's the case. It's just a coincidence. Uh, but I will say this much. I was very impressed with it. Um, I appreciated the fact that people, I think Booker T even said on Twitter, he was like, Big E needs to be able to be serious. And then he rolls down the ramp. <laughs> and I, I was like, he's just going to keep being Big E. Like, that's the thing. You can't, yeah, Big e, you gotta let him be himself, man. You can't let somebody not be who they are. Like that's just in any, any form of anything. Like you got to let people be who they are. And if that's him, that's what brought him to the dance. That's what brought him to, you know, prominence. The one thing I will say about Big E that really kind of irked me is this revisionist history. And I know what they're doing. They're trying to make us believe that he hasn't had single success. But the fact that they ignored that he was NXT champion, that he was an intercontinental champion, all that stuff, like they just they just made it seem like he was a tag team specialist since his infancy. You know, and I don't appreciate that for somebody like me that has the memory, that has the uh, the longevity of being a fan. I want to be able to be like, ah, yes, a callback. He did have a little bit of a stint in the IC championship area. He did do that, so maybe that makes me believe he can do it again. Maybe he can be a contender for AJ Styles, or maybe someday go to the Universal Championship, whatever the case may be. But I just hate the, and I know it's not the commentator specifically because they got their hands, uh, you know, I'm sorry, they got Vince McMahon's hands up their ass. That I understand, but it's just, I hate the non-calling of it, and I hate that they do this all the time, and I know I'm over-exaggerating it, but it pisses me off to no end. Yeah, I don't disagree, but like most things, uh, you are over-exaggerating, overreacting. But it's okay, Nestlemania, because I do think you're correct. And something that I correct... That? Some Thank you. I appreciate that. We're going to rewind that and play that over and over and over, over and over. I'm going to make that a drop, by the way, whenever we can finally be in the, the same room. 
you're correct. <laughs> it'll just it'll sound like you've said it every time, every week. Uh, something else that I'm curious. I'm gonna put in the I'm gonna put in the shine, and I'm curious. I'll let you. I'll lay out if you want to expound upon it a little bit. But uh, at the beginning of the night, we had a Firefly Funhouse talking about how Braun is not here, the Fiend is with him, and that no one is safe. And we fast forward to the main event. Uh, I thought the main event was pedestrian at best. Uh, I, I thought they did a decent job, but it, again, Nikki Cross in the main event that uh, doesn't do much for me. And uh, the fiend comes out after uh, you know Nikki pushes Alexa and walks away. Alexa gets the fiend and the mandible claw. Everybody thought it was a very shocking moment. I got a lot of heat on the uh, Jabberknocker thread because I said, "Oh, I saw it coming." Everybody gave me shit. I did see it coming. I didn't. Well, because you never put it out there in WrestleMania. You can't be like, oh, I knew that was going to happen when there's no proof that you knew it. Look, I'm telling you right now, next time, here's here's the conundrum I have. On, honest to God, this isn't me being me. This is an actual conundrum that I have. I will tweet out everything that I feel to prove that I know things better than everybody else. However, the problem I have is I cannot watch Raw, SmackDown, or anything live anymore. So it seems as if, one, it's ruining my timeline. So I may get something spoiled for me, but also it may come off as if I'm just saying something to sound smart and I'm just trying to predict something that has already happened, even though I haven't seen it 100%. So I'm really screwed well, either way. Oh, my God. You are a child. No, if you did that, we would see that you get 99% of the things wrong, which is okay. No, I don't get 99% of the things wrong. I just, pred- I just, predict- I just predicted a couple months ago or weeks ago that Sonya would cut Mandy's hair. What happened, JC? So you predicted, what you predicted happened? one thing. Uh, no, one no, thing no. In the 224 episodes that we've done, I am telling yeah. you right now yeah, so. that I have That's predicted a lot. That's your 1%. It's okay. Some of us are in the top 1%. Some of you are in the bottom one percent. It's okay. Wow, you it's said okay. people. You're you you are excluding people, is what you're doing by saying you people. Yeah, I'm excluding you. No, I'm no, 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 you. no. I am not just the one percent. You're you're putting other people in the one percent with me. That's what you're doing. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people that we could think that belong down there. That includes Nikki Cross. Down there, down there. So like I'm, I'm I'm what yeah. am I? The gum below your shoe? Are you insane? Yeah, pretty much. Look, yeah. look. Yeah. I correctly. You know yeah, yeah. Listen, I said, when I heard him at the beginning of this, the program say, no one's safe, I said to myself, Jeff Hardy or Alexa Bliss is going to get some fiend. And what happened? It happened. Now, granted, from now on, because of this stupid conundrum that I'm in, I am just going to tell you, either in the thread, or I should put it out on the Jobberknocker Twitter, at Jobberknocker, go follow us now. If you do that and I get it, will you be back on this program every time that I correctly predict something? Are you going to give me my 100% or my 1% of being correct? Yeah, the one out of a hundred times you get it right, I'll give you credit. But you know what, WrestleMania, I could have started SmackDown and been like, oh, you know, the Fiend could attack Jeff Hardy, Alexa Bliss, Braun Strowman, Biggie. I could just name the whole roster, too. I didn't name the whole fucking roster. You are egregious (laughs) with this, and you are gaslighting the fuck out of me. And if I was across the room from you right now, I would smack you with a fish. Well, unfortunately, you're on, so it's time for you to know your role and shut your mouth because... We should actually probably talk about what actually happened here because I did like the angle at the end. The match was whatever. I didn't give a shit. It was a rerun. Nikki Cross does nothing for me. It was all another victory for Bailey, and then splitting up Bliss Cross and you know they're using Alexa Bliss obviously to get to Braun because we know Braun's still in Never Neverland there in the swamp. And Bray obviously like you know Braun obviously had those dreams of Alexa in the swamp fight because that's someone he loves and holds close to his heart. So what does Bray do? Bray likes to take away things that you love and likes to play those mind games with you. So that's why the Fiend took Alexa Bliss. I thought it was a surprising moment because it just kind of happened out of nowhere. You didn't expect it after what had just happened with Nikki and Alexa. So I thought it was well done by them. Uh, So, yeah, I really enjoyed this angle of it, but I could do without everything else. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that the ending was awesome. I thought that that was nice. It's a nice touch. I will say, however, it feels as if a lot of what's going on is out of place. Like, the storylines don't match up in a chronological order. It seems like a choose-your-own-adventure. You know, like... I'm some, okay with it. Some of the, some of the checkpoints are weird. To, to the randomness of it. I'm okay with the randomness because I think the beauty of Bray Wyatt and The Fiend and his whole, like, everything about him is just that, like, he's supposed to be unpredictable and random, and you're not supposed to understand it because he is so weird and unique. So... I'm okay with it being a little wonky. Obviously, I'm sure there's tons of reasons, like logistically, why things have been like that with everything going on in the world. But I don't mind it in terms of this storyline because with Bray, 
I'm supposed to like be caught off guard with stuff. So. Sure. Okay, fine. Be confused. That's fine. I look. I I think eventually it's going to be a crutch that everybody relies on too much, and I think people are going to sit there and go, "Oh, it's Bray Wyatt. It's fine. It's an excuse eventually." Where it's like, "Oh, it doesn't make sense, well, yeah, but it's fine." But right now, but right now it's good. But if that's true of anything, you get too much of anything, it ruins it. But for right now, in this moment, I think it's very good. I don't know. I think we're skating on thin ice. That's just me. Well, that's speaking of me. thin ice, should we get to raw? Sure, let's do it. I'm curious, Nestle. I'll let you kick it off here. Because I have a couple things I did like on Raw, but what was your favorite part of Raw this week? My favorite part of Raw? Well. Yes. I will say this much. My favorite part of Raw was Raw Underground. Oh, my God. It was. Did Ray Ray get to you? No. Did Ray Ray get to you? No. Did he, did he like, drop you a roofie or something? No. Oh, boy. Hear me out. Hear me out. Right? Let's hear it. For the short term, and I do accentuate the word short term this could potentially be pretty awesome it may not be because my worry before i get to the positive i'm gonna expound upon the negative a little bit what my worry is this shit would get eaten alive in front of a live crowd and you can't do something like this in a package and have people in arena watch this shit on a titantron for three segments every time right now where they're in where they don't have an audience where they don't have people booing and cheering i think it's nice that they try it the one thing that i am excited about is the potential of having new stars, new people doing different things. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher his name. I don't know if it was Baba, Saba, or Dada. I don't know what his name was. The guy at the beginning that was like six foot seven that did all the oh, cool the moves. Giant guy, yeah. yeah. Like, that was cool. I was like, okay, we have Bloodsport. By the way, something that WWE does, and they've caught a lot of heat on Twitter and a lot of heat different places, that they basically stole uh, Bloodsport, which is on the uh, the Game Changer Wrestling. They, uh, Josh Burnett, who is in the UFC and a W, not WWE, excuse me, a professional wrestler, especially in Japan, has this one one show every year uh, during WrestleMania weekend where it is Bloodsport, where it's legitimate grappling. There is no storyline. It's like just two hosses going at it in a very similar no ropes fashion. So, you know, that's where Matt Riddle really got his due uh, in the independent circuit. So. I can understand WWE getting shit for for lifting that. However, we talked about on this program many times that the WWE takes other people's ideas and makes it way better. So, in my opinion, they had the grungy, felt like I was watching some PS2 video game, like, background with crates and randomness, warehouse, underground fighting. They changed the lighting. I could have done a lot without Shane McMahon all the time, but I thought it was different. Uh, I don't like that it's Shane McMahon's underground. It makes it sound like a theme park. Uh, but <laughs> the one thing I was excited about, like Everlast, that one of the guys from Ever, not Everlast, excuse me, Ever Rise, Everlast is a band. Ever, Ever, Ever Rise was getting beat up by you know the Hurt business. Other people got beaten up by the Hurt business. I thought to myself once I saw the underground, my immediate thought was. Oh, the Hurt Business has to be involved in this. And sure enough, at the end of the night, they're like, huh, we're going to go check this last thing out. And I was super excited about it. I could do without the terrible royalty-free music and the three Canadian strippers that are on the fucking stage over there doing whatever they were doing. Um, but I think in order to take it a little bit differently, it's nice. Um, it is a break from everything that they're doing, uh, especially with what we were talking about. We were saying, hey, what are we going to do when it comes to the Viking Raiders? Well, there's your answer, JC, right? We're doing something with the Viking Raiders because they were a comedy act forever. But this is like striking Dolph Ziggler, a guy we've been hounding on for months and months and months, saying he's the same old dude, same old dude, same old dude. We forget that he has every record in the Kent State record book here uh, for wrestling. Amazing amateur wrestler. And yeah, he choked a guy out. Now, do I believe that? Not necessarily. But you know what? It's a different look for Dolph Ziggler, and I'm willing to put it in there and go, you know what? I will let this expound upon for a couple of weeks. I will let it go for a little bit longer before I simply crap all over it instead of all these other people, including you in the 1%, doing all this crap. I haven't said anything yet. You don't know what I'm going to say. You're, well, you're like, oh, my God, Ray got to you. Ray I, got I, to I you. I laid out here to let, you, to let you get your shit in once you're done. I shit in. Shit in, implying that I'm wrong. That's what you're doing. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, I'm saying... I will give it a full amount of time before I absolutely crap down its throat. So you know what? It's different. We've talked about it not feeling different between Raw and SmackDown. I'm okay with it. What I would love to do... I mean, you've said that, but... Oh, cut it out. You know that, too. I What I would do is have the uh, Underground have an open invitation to anybody. NXT, SmackDown, Raw, 
anybody that has a legitimate fighting background, amateur background, whatever, those are the guys that get to fight in underground. That's what I want. That is what I want. Because I think that gives legitimacy, boom, like that. If you put Matt Riddle in there every week, that is going to be an awesome thing. If you have Matt Riddle versus Gable and you just let them do that, people are going to sit there with their pants off enjoying it. I mean, that is the kind of wrestle boner that people would enjoy. So for me, I'm excited for Underground. I know a lot of people make fun of it, think it's dog shit, whatever. But you know what? It's the first week. I complain an awful lot on this program about them trying new things and doing new things. Yes, they stole the idea, but they may have made it better, in my opinion. I could do without sweaty Shane McMahon, but that's fine. I am a positive man, and I think Raw Underground... I Okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Now, I there's obviously there's a lot of parts here, so you got to bear with me. But I will start with, like, the positive, because we are on the channel. I'll start with the positive of this. Um, like, like you, I thought, oh, the Hurt Business would make a lot of sense here. And we kind of saw it, like, right when we got down there at the end, Dolph Ziggler was there, coming off a loss, needing to rebuild himself. The Hurt Business had a tough night, because MVP lost to Apollo. Shelton uh, lost his title. So those guys went in there and got their shit back. It's kind of like the Gulag in Call of Duty, you know? You get thrown in there in, like, a prison-type atmosphere, and you have to fight for survive. So I, in that aspect of it, I loved it because I thought Lashley and Shelton especially look like total fucking badasses. So for that purpose, I think that's really good. But it's just like Shane McMahon thing, I'm with you there. Like, get him the fuck out of there. That makes it, that honestly, it dropped it down two notches immediately because it was. It was like, oh, come here, you know, and my thing, oh, this is cool. Yeah, and he's like cheering on these guys beating the fuck out of people. It's like, dude, just let them beat the fuck out of the people. They don't need your stupid commentary. But my worry with this is I don't know if this works long-term, if this is something that just every week there's random, like, NXT locker room just fighting people that you've never seen, and then, like, a star goes down there who lost and just beats people up. Like, I think it worked this week. It might work a little going forward, but I just don't know the longevity. But like you, when they try new things, I like to give them credit, especially because I do like them. You know, sometimes you got to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. But... I'm just not optimistic that this is going to turn out well at all. And it also, part of it was confusing for me because they were obviously like teasing this new faction coming, this new faction coming, you had the power going out, and you had fucking like a generator getting Molotov or something. And, and I don't know if they're related. So for me, I was just kind of just thrown off by it all night, but like not really in a good way, more in like of a disinterested way as opposed to grabbing me. But they did get me with the main event when those three guys went down there. But I don't know. I don't know WrestleMania because it is. It is, like you said, a rip off of Bloodsport. I know our boy Cap hates it because he texted me. He said, that's the worst thing ever. And I said, what, underground? He's like, yeah, do I even have to say it? So I don't know. I'm not optimistic this thing lasts very long. I don't think it will last very long. I think they'll dip their toe in it, and I think it'll be scrapped next week because that's the way they operate. But I think... Ooh, that'd be bad luck. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. But I think you got to do it sometimes. You just got to gotta go for it. Because for me, like, for instance, like, off the top of my head, I, I looked at my notes of something that I was actually excited for as well, was a great promo on SmackDown by Sheamus, but he changed his look with his hat that he had from the bar fight. Sheamus like that would be perfect in Raw Underground. You know, like, you get more gritty. You get more different. We, we sit here and we talk about the WWE being polished, like, literally polished. Now, granted... I hated the amount of cuts were in this thing because it fucking gave me, like, just a headache watching how many cuts were in here. And it wasn't somebody sitting there going, oh, it was Kevin Dunn's cuts. No, they fucking edited this thing later. So it wasn't Kevin Dunn cutting this. It was an editor being told, cut it like this, cut it like that. Uh, so it has nothing to do with Kevin Dunn, although the Bucktooth Beaver dude we don't really like anyway. But I will say having somebody like a Seamus and then drinking a beer afterwards would be interesting because what do you do with Seamus? You don't know. But he fights well. Like, these... These are the people that you need to inject into underground. Like having a Baba versus, you know, uh, Sheamus. Having Dolph Ziggler versus a Gable or a Matt Riddle versus anybody that could ever do anything that's tough. Like a Thatcher again. Anybody. You have all these legitimate people who are tough. Like, yes, it it does curtail on the brawl, Brawl for All thing, which a lot of people made a comparison to. But it's not the Brawl for All because it's... Not just throwing gloves on people and being like, let's see what happens. This is a controlled environment where they're still simulating fake fighting. Just try to pump the brakes, people. Just try to fucking pump the brakes. Because honestly, I know it turns you off, but it's three fucking hours. And I have to watch three fucking hours of 48 fucking promos and somebody getting poisoned. I'm going to fucking just lose it. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. 
not a game of goddamn oh. clue. So I think we're going to get to the point in a bit, but I will say the one problem with everything you're throwing out, every superstar you're suggesting WrestleMania is a SmackDown superstar. And, uh, bro, you can't be breaking the brand split here. So, uh, like there's a brand split. Get off that. There is technically a brand split. It's enforced when they want to enforce it, but it's there. So, uh-huh. Seamus, Shorty G, Matt Riddle, all these guys you're naming, they're not really eligible for the Raw Underground. All right, I'll go to so. the Raw roster while you're, you're doing one of your soliloquies, and I'll tell you all the people that should be on Raw Underground on Raw, okay? Well, fuck Raw Underground. We're done with Raw Underground because we're going to get to. What was probably the best part of Raw, and I'm going to have more of it in my hope later, and you're about to get really mad at me, but fucking Dominic, man, with Samoa Joe cheering him on, was fucking amazing. I loved it. I am so in. We're getting our match. Dominic versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. The one-on-one match is happening. Dominic's being thrown to the fire. He cleared the house, because obviously it's Samoa Joe tease, but just Samoa Joe cheering on Dominic as he took out the Messiah. Best part of Raw, hands down, amazing. Probably should be the main event of SummerSlam, but it won't be. But I am so fucking excited. I'm not even kidding. I legitimately am excited for this. See, I can't, I, I can't take you seriously because I feel like half of it, your excitement is just to see how much I'm gonna, my head's going to explode. Well, the main event part was a troll on you, but I legitimately, like, I said it from the beginning. Like, I want to see Seth Rollins versus Dominic. I want to see what this kid got, whether he's good or whether he's bad. It's must see. And clearly, like, the storyline has been a very, very long storyline. I don't think it's over, too. Like, who knows? We got have a twist at SummerSlam. But, like, this is something they put a lot of time into. So it's something that, okay, they're super invested in it. They're clearly super invested in Dominic, whether it's going to be good or bad. But I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't. I, I know you don't. I don't. You I hate Dominic. I don't. No, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing I hate about Dominic is that his promos are delivered like a fucking robot. And when he's sitting there, Charlie Caruso is trying, prying, trying real hard, going, hello, Dominic, so you have some words you'd like to talk about. She's, like, laying it on thick, and then all of a sudden, he gets the microphone, and all I get is, yip, 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 And then he woke me up when he hit a kendo stick. Now, you're going to tell me that they're not going to do some type of falls count anywhere, some type of crazy brawl? Sure, that's fine. But you're not going to, you're going to see, see what this kid is made of. You ain't going to get any inkling of what this kid is made of because they're going to give you the mirage. They're going to give you the boundaries of having, you know, some type of kendo stick or a hardcore match or it's going to be barreling through the fucking performance center or the beach or wherever they're going to fucking have it on planet, you know, Mars or wherever SummerSlam is going to be. And just, they're going to do their shit. They're going to do their shit. But you know what? You're not going to, oh my God, he can throw a 619. And that's impressive. Wonderful. He can wail on a kendo stick. I can do that. The one thing he cannot do right not now. Not everyone can do that in WrestleMania. We have seen many people not have effective strikes with a kendo stick. So you literally, this is what you're doing with Dominic. You're mentioning things that he's doing well, and you're discounting him doing them well, even though, yes, we know he can't talk. A lot of people can't talk early in their careers. That's why a lot of them spend a lot of time in the performance center. He hasn't had that because he's getting hot-shotted because it's fucking bad Rey Mysterio, and he's part of the storyline. So he's going to have to learn on the fly. There's a lot of guys. Like, do you remember Roman Reigns when he first started? There was a reason why he didn't talk. Because when he started talking, he figured it out. But by the end, Roman Reigns became a good promo. It takes time for some of these. But now here you are, kicking apart. Oh, he did a good 6 or 9 Oh, he does well with a weapon. Are you using it against him? No, 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 no. These, are, I think, are good signs that there is potential in this kid. Is he going to be amazing right away? Of course not. Nobody is. But it gives me hope that, you know what? There's clearly something with this kid. He has the name value with him. Like, there's potential. And I think it's exciting. I, no, 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 here's, here's the difference here. You and TJ and Ray Ray and all you guys, all the fans that love Dominic or want to just grind my gears about it. The problem I'm here, not a Dominic fan. here's, here's the difference maker, right? He's wrestling Seth Rollins and our boy over the pond, Danny, who is a Seth Rollins guy knows what I'm about to say is absolutely 100% unequivocally true is that Seth Rollins is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's going to drag a broom. <laughs> He's going to drag a broom through SummerSlam. And you're going to sit there and say it's a great match. It's going to be a great match, if anything, because Seth Rollins is going to have a match with an inanimate object known as Dominic Mysterio. Seth Rollins isn't a top 10 wrestler in the world. He's a very good wrestler, but, oh, man, Seth has more holes in his game than anyone. And I respect Seth. I do think he's amazing, but 
Come on, you're just you're pandering to our boy Danny. That's you're not true pandering. at all. That's not true at all. I w- you listen. No, 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 no. What I'm telling you is the truth. A lot of people love Seth Rollins. I, I'm telling you, a lot of, of them do. Of course they do. So he listen. Of course they do. And he's, they should. Seth Rollins Josh, is an amazing performer. But come on, listen. Listen, listen, JC. Excuse me, JC. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Why is he always in the best storylines on Raw? Because he's the best he's they dead. have on Raw. He's- Oh, WrestleMania, don't be naive. He was hand-picked. And yes, he's very good, but come on. Knock it off. I'm just Some telling you what I see. I'm just telling you. Listen, listen, listen. With somebody with the IQ of me, which is awfully very high, sometimes game recognized game, Seth Rollins is higher up no, than Jesus. anybody else in the fucking roster right now on Raw. That's that it. Eh, eh, on Raw. Eh. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton are hands down better than Seth Rollins right now. You want to talk about handpicked? So, Randy Orton. Randy Orton has a promo, and you know, Drew McIntyre had a decent promo as well. They went back and forth. They sold SummerSlam, which clearly should be the main event. Yes, I agree. And uh, I, I don't know. I just uh, I'm curious what you think about this because it could go one or two ways here, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, so I I do have a theory on this, and I guess I could make it my hope. Should I make it my hope? Because my hope is just going to be that Dominic beats Seth Rollins in SummerSlam. Yeah, you know that, that, that's a shitty I'll hope. Save, I'll, I'll save this for my hope. I'll All save right. this for my hope. All right, so... Uh, because I just thought of something. Okay, that's great. Wonderful. You save that for your hope. I will say this much. Uh, I've heard a lot of promos in my life, and a lot of people were worried about Drew McIntyre keeping up with Randy Orton. In my opinion... It was a good promo by Drew McIntyre. wasn't the best promo ever. I think Ray Ray was sitting there going like, oh my God, any worry is just out the window because that was an amazing promo by Drew McIntyre. It, <laughs> it was good. Let's call it what it was, folks. It was very good. But what it felt like was that he was regurgitating someone else's words. It didn't feel like it was his own words. I'm sure somebody was like, ooh, this would get you know all the people on Twitter talking, so let's say these things. Which, I've got a receipt machine. Well, if you're smart and you know what a receipt machine means, then yeah, you get crazy boned up for that shit because you're like, ooh, inside term, you know? But Randy Orton had one line that made me go, yep, probably the best going on right now besides Seth Rollins. He said one thing. He said, I will always be more valuable than you. And that's the truth. That's the truth, folks. Randy Orton gets treated that way, just like Seth Rollins, because some people are more valuable to WWE than other people. And that's why Randy Orton is who he is and gets away with what he gets away with. So, you know what? Randy Orton, if he loses, I'll be shocked because I think it's time to let Drew McIntyre just take a break, come back and win when the crowd comes back. But right now, Randy Orton is my guy. I'm calling it right now. Randy Orton is going to win at SummerSlam. All right, we'll take notes on that and make sure that um, we rip on you and it doesn't happen. But I like it. I like it. See, that's what, that's what you have to do. You have to put yourself out there if you want credit down the line. So there you go. Listen, I can't break stories, so I guess i got to break my neck on this one, okay? <laughs> um, the other notes I have from Rob that I enjoyed, um, I liked Apollo's backstage promo after the match. I thought, like, I think Apollo's really made some headway here in the promo department because they always kind of shit on him. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just he's very fluffy. He's more of like that was that ricochet type promo. But I really liked his energy in the promo yet after that match. It's honestly it might have been his best promo he's ever done. But I'm looking forward to the rest of his reign because I think this was a nice step in the right direction for him. Uh huh. Uh huh. You don't agree? I, I think I've lost all interest in Apollo Cruz now. Wow, this was a guy that you once told me would be better than Baron Corbin, and I was clearly right about that. And you were you were all on him, and I always said I liked him but I don't know if it's going to happen. And here I am, like, being like, there's finally hope for him. Your boy, and you're out. Probably good news for him, given the curse, but, man, I did not expect that. Throw the baby out with the bathwater, baby. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Well, how about this, WrestleMania? This is something that I normally don't say in the shine because I hate this title, but I was extremely sports entertained by that 24-7 triple threat match. There was a lot of moving parts in it. Obviously, Cesaro got the feel. My boy lost it, but... This is a segment normally that most of the times I fast forward or ignore, but I don't know what it is, but I thought this one was well put together because there's actually a little storyline here with the three contenders and like like two factions and then R-Truth on his own. I was sports entertained here in WrestleMania. Sports entertained, Jose. Well, if you're sports entertained, I don't know if you've seen the uh, exclusive on Twitter or whatever their social media is with Tazawa. He wins, does a full sprint from backstage through every alleyway he can 
does not stop running, and then Sarah, whatever her last name is, finds Sarah. him, and she books it. She runs full speed after him. It's awesome. You got to check it out. I love it. You got you... I'm, I'm loving it. I'm honestly, this Tazala thing. You can say what you want about it, but I think it's a lot of fun. I think he's doing a fantastic job with it, and I'm sure he's having fun with it too because this is the most TV time that guy's ever got. So yeah, I'm I'm still eating this up right now. We'll see. I don't think it's a long term thing, but for right now, it's a lot of fun. All right. Do we have anything else, or we're gonna go to the heat? Eh, not really. You can go to the heat. All right. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. I uh. <sighs> Where do you want to start, boss? I mean, you, this is your thing. I just. I just hate the poisoning. I mean, I really fucking do. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it otherwise. Like, it was, a, they had two matches, and essentially, like, so there are two things that I hate about everything that I'm going to talk about. There's like, yes and no, yes and no, but I understand you got to break it up, and I've always told you I hate when fucking tag teams do singles matches against each other because it just seems like we're spreading it out till we have to meet at SummerSlam or whatever. Yep. But... Just having him lose, like, the match he lost, like, Montez got supposedly lightheaded, and then Dawkins lost the first one. Okay, whatever. Then Montez faints again, and then we'd have a no contest for the second one. Theoretically, it did nothing. Like, what, what what was the point of having them lose a match to prove that the tag team could actually get one over on them? Then we find out he's lightheaded again, there's a no contest there. Then we have a backstage segment where, again, I was sports entertained, as you said, about Bel Air taking off her earrings and going after Selena Vega. But we both know that's going to lead to a mixed six-person tag match that nobody's going to want to yep. see. I would rather see Bel Air beat the shit out of Zelina Vega. But honestly, I think it's a red herring, and I think that the Zelina boys had nothing to do with the poisoning, and I think it's doing something to do with the hackers, or, as I said, I just blew my hope, all those five people that blew up a generator. So, in my opinion, that's what's going on. Everything points to those five weirdos throwing Mol- Molotov cocktails, whatever you want to talk about, and it has nothing to do with yeah. this bullshit. And I'm just, I'm sitting there going, oh, God, we're laying this on so thick. So thick. So, although I appreciate them trying things, this made me go, this is too, too so op- soap opera-y for me. And, uh, you know, Montez Ford eats up a lot of scenery with some of this stuff, and I was just like, okay, this is this, to me this this doesn't this isn't in his wheelhouse for me. And then the fact that Dawkins comes out and talks like a normal human being, I was like, wait a minute, what? That's how Dawkins normally talks, like a normal person, instead of being like, what up, fam? What up, fam? Like, distraught, I understand that, but it was it was it. I was taken aback by it. Taken aback yeah, by I'm it. Forbid- for this one, it's one of those where I did not, I thought it was kind of stupid this week. I'm with you on everything you said. But it's also something where I'm willing to lay out and see how it plays out. Because maybe it can lead to like a fresh feud for the Street Profits down the line, like you said. Because we've obviously, like, I'm over this Arena Boys feud. I think it'll be a good wrestling match, but I really could care less. But yeah, for this week, it's definitely heat worthy. Something else that's very heat worthy that bothered the fuck out of me was the fact that Oscar ran down during a match <laughs> and you got a DQ like what the fuck like she wasn't part of the match all she did was beat somebody on the outside and they called for the bell and people were like oh you know somebody just jumped it's taped if they didn't like it they could go back and do it again but they didn't well it's just one of those things it's the inconsistency of the rules because that stuff happens all the time and they don't stop the match but here they stopped it yeah it, it made no sense it made no sense it ma- there's so much that doesn't make any sense anymore like it just they, there's no I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, the whole thing just bothered the fuck out of me. And then, like, okay, Nia Jax is the elevator. She, you know, she gave Pat, uh, Pat Buck uh, some whoa, TV whoa, team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Time but... out. Time out. Did you just fucking call Nia Jax the elevator? First of all, that's Charlotte's name. You can't steal it. Second of all, no. Nia is the opposite of the elevator. She's the fucking train plane crash. No. No, 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 no. Now, I'm telling you right now, Nia Jax took out of the, she took a nobody and made him a somebody. Pat oh, Buck has been a backstage producer and Pat fucking Buck that is literally just on TV so Nia can break him, beat him up and elevate him. No, he elevated her because he's going to fucking job out to her and she's going to beat the living fuck out of him and look like a badass because she beat up some fucking ginger dude. Listen, 
Listen, it's about perspective, JC. It's about perspective. And your perspective is a little bit different. That's all. I'm telling you. This shit sucks, Nestle Listen, at you least it's something. Heat, first of all, you clearly don't like it either. I just don't like Pat Buck. So that's why he's in the heat. <laughs> I thought I, I would rather her beat up somebody, you know, of worth, but uh, that that's just me. That's just me. Jamie Noble? Yeah, give me Jamie Noble. Get Jamie Noble, give me Hurricane Helms. Give me somebody that'll take a good bump. <laughs> not not too tight pants, Pat Buck. Like, Jesus Christ. Sorry. That was why I was in my heat. How did you feel about the okay. soap opera about Liv and, and uh, the Riot Squad? So this this is a hard one for me because obviously, like, I'm thrilled to see these two women getting this kind of time on this kind of stage and being on the KO show. But man, like this segment, it wasn't good. Um, I thought it, they both overacted so much. I didn't buy it at all, which sucks because I'm rooting for both of these women. Um, and I do, I know they have a bond. I know there's a real story here, but in terms of this segment, I thought the acting was, was awful and it just, it did not, it, I didn't buy into it. It wasn't, wasn't well executed. Um, it probably dragged a little bit. They did obviously pick up that win against the Iconics, but yeah, for me, it just it wasn't good, and I hate saying that because I'm excited for the opportunities they're getting, and I don't want them to pull back on the opportunities because of one bad segment. See, what bothered me the most was before Ruby had in anything out of her mouth, Liv started crying, and I'm like, why didn't you build to the cry? Why didn't yeah, you, why didn't you have a stone face, and then she says something about the tattoo, and then you start getting sentimental? But no, it was like, Right as Ruby opened her mouth, Liv was like, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. That's what it is. But, uh, you know, I could do without it. And the Riot Squad is the Riot Squad. Woohoo! Wonderful. It's a tag team. So we're basically, I-, I did chuckle when Peyton said, get back in the bathtub, Liv. Like, I lost it. I was like, finally, somebody says, yeah, that was good. <laughs> finally, somebody speaks our minds because that was great. I-, I felt bad that the Iconics had the jobber alert three minutes or less, so your wrestling is free. But... You know, it, but the other thing too is that the KO show wasn't like it was odd because then Ric Flair had to talk to Kevin Owens, and now Kevin Owens is going to get eaten alive by Randy Orton next week on Raw. It just like I kind of agree with Ric Flair, but I was also just like waiting for Ric Flair's dentures to come flying out of its mouth. It just looked odd. Like the whole situation was very, very, very odd. Yeah, no, it. it yeah, I don't love this, and the KO. Like I know I love, I do love KO. I actually do like KO as a babyface, but. I think right now he's kind of in no man's land where he's just going to be putting guys over. And as someone who knows, we all obviously know what KO is capable of in terms of views and stuff. I would like to see him get back to something meaningful at some point. Cause it feels like ever since he got that win against Seth Rollins at mania, he's just kind of been floating. Obviously he's gone for a little while, but I, I, I mean, we know he's going to job out to Orton. It'll probably be a really good competitive match. But after that, like I am looking for something substantial with KO hopefully soon. Okay. Wonderful. Just just yeah. wonderful. It is wonderful. It would be wonderful, WrestleMania. I'm glad you agree. Anything else that you were very upset about? Uh, on Raw, I don't think there's much left, but on SmackDown, we had a lot of Lucha House Party. Um, Styles Grand Metalik, the match was fine. Um, I just had no investment in Grand Metalik, and we knew the outcome. So I fast-forwarded through most of it, to be honest. I'm sure it was great. But uh, the other part was, of course, we have them... Immediately later, uh, apparently Grand Metal League's getting all the title shots because they interrupted Nakazaro, and all I could think of was, oh, my God, the promos between Nakazaro and Lucha House Party, like, please don't have any because woof, woof. I did, I did giggle when Nakamura went, meow, at the end. Like, I, I did yeah, laugh. That was like, fine. That was good. <laughs> uh, but I actually want to see Lince Dorado get a title shot, not Grand Metal League. Like, I, I, the match was just kind of so, like, eh. Like, it was, we get AJ Styles is great, but not every AJ Styles match is great. So, sometimes you're going to have some meh matches. You know, instead of phenomenal, he was phenomenal. You know, that's exactly how it was. So, it is what it is. Let's move on. You got anything else? Because I'm out. I think, uh, I think I'm tapped out in terms of things that I hate. Let's move on. Would you like to get hopeful? <laughs> You are my only hope. Yes, I would. Would you like to kick off, or would you like me to kick off? I was going to give my hope to... uh, I'm just kidding. I was going to make a joke about the fact that we didn't bring up the fact that the the bachelor Demi lady was there. It made me think of you, but it has nothing to do with my hope. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about Demi real quick? I'm going to talk about Demi. So, uh, on her season, where she was a contestant, she was actually my favorite one, because 
That girl is fucking hilarious. Like, you want to talk about just straight funny? It's her. But on Paradise, she got way too annoying and overproduced. So I'm actually out on her now. It was also it was also weird because obviously she was on The Bachelor. Then on Bachelor in Paradise, apparently she was in a relationship with a woman before she went. I started a relationship with a man there, but then broke up with the man and the girl that she was with before came. But they've since broke up, so... A lot of drama for your mama with Demi, so it's kind of funny to see her going back to Garza there. You know, she's uh, she's jumping around, which is her prerogative, so good for her. But yeah, was was formerly my favorite, but quickly became overproduced, like some people do. So okay, there you go. There's your Bachelor Minute, brought to you by I don't know Manscaped. <laughs> yeah, because Manscaped. <laughs> because if you're a bachelor and you need to keep it clean, use Manscaped. There you go. All right, give me your hope. Uh, so my hope, I think our hopes are gonna they're gonna have similar themes, but I think they're gonna be different directions. Um, obviously, with the new faction, they didn't do much this week, and I would expect more of that in the coming weeks. More of them just you know causing destruction and uh, property damage and cutting power and random things like that. You know, little teases here and there, just throughout. But you know what? I think this is something that I think we're gonna see pay off at SummerSlam. I think that'd be a good spot for it. And, you know, we talked about Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton being the main event. Now, in terms of an end of a show and excitement, it might let you down. But at the same time, a lot of times when you get to a big event like this, like, sure, yeah, you can have the great match and you can have one of these guys closing at the end. But you can get us to watch Raw the next night on Monday and going forward. And one way to do that is for painters at the end of the show. So you have McIntyre and Orton having a five-star match because they're fucking studs. And it looks like, you know, it's about to end. I don't know, whatever way, maybe. Randy Orton, RKO's, then all of a sudden... Like, the power cuts out is kind of brain thing, so I don't know if I'm going to find a different way to do it. But the five hoodlums, or whatever they are, surround the ring, and they kind of go look like they're going to attack McIntyre. It's like, okay, shocking, like the new faction, they're going to attack Drew McIntyre. But this is where I differ in WrestleMania, and this is where my hope comes in, is that the five men are going to turn their attention and beat the living shit out of Randy Orton. Probably the worst beatdown we've seen Randy Orton have in years. And he is just left in a bloody pulp and just out of it. McIntyre's just shocked. Maybe even since Drew's the big baby face, he tries to help Orin, but he gets pummeled too. But I want the focus of the attack to be on Orin. And here's why. Because there's a lot of speculation on who these guys are. An obvious thought was obviously in the beginning era, but I don't think it's going to be them. I do think some of them will be coming from NXT, though. I think our boy TJ caught this. On Twitter, both Tommaso Ciampa and Dominic Dijakovic have blacked out their Twitters. Like, there's just nothing there anymore, really. So I think they might be a part of it. And the reason why I chose Randy Orton is because Randy Orton and Tommaso Ciampa had a little back and forth there about stuff. And obviously the majority of Randy Orton's career, he's been focusing on taking out the legend. I think it would be a nice flip effect if all of a sudden these young guys started going after Randy, who is now the legend. And so I think that could be a really exciting thing. It could set up a Ciampa-Orton feud, which I know he's all about. So that's my hope a little bit, WrestleMania. A little bit of a twist there, but, you know, hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. That was cute. Real cute. Cute. That was amazing. Cute. Cute. So, my when hope... that happens, WrestleMania, you can give me all the credit. How about that? Yeah, like I give you credit for anything, honestly. Come on now. Look. That's true. We'd spend the whole show doing it, so that's true. That's oh my fun. god, you were so terrible. You're just like you're the worst. You 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 couldn't you couldn't take a compliment if it smacked you in the face. Honestly. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Is that, so, is that your hope, that I'll take a compliment? No. That, I, my hope would be that you would actually just, you know, stay in your lane sometimes. But you go outside the lines like anybody else, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, my hope is also to do with the five people. That's the other thing. You said per, You said men. It's at least two women and three men. Maybe even three women. But that's fine. You guys don't look at the details of the video, and that's fine because Detective Nestle does. I don't have the music. I'm sorry. Well, Backcracker. WrestleMania. As we've seen with WWE, just because you see a detail doesn't mean it always happens. But remember that. You don't want to be too detective because you might, you might put yourself in a box, buddy. Listen, I'm, I'm drawing it right now. There are at least two women in that faction. 100%. I hope so. At least two. At least two. And I'll tell you I right now. three open spots. No, but you said men. You're sexist. Well, I, I just, I, there was an assumption, but I could be wrong. 
one of those things after many. We'll see. The only two I named were Chop and Dajakovic. You can name the other three for all I care. I personally believe that we're going to see maybe, since you named, you know, Champa, maybe we see Candice LeRae. That would be interesting. Ooh. Maybe. But what my thought is here is, and this is where I'm going to go with this. This is my hope. So a lot of you people out there are saying things like, oh, I hate this. I hate this about uh, Raw Underground. But here's what my thought process is. MVP has been talking about this thing last, uh, last week all from the beginning to the end. MVP talked about the mics going out, the lights going out. The, he gave Charlie shit about reporting on a fucking spilt carton of milk backstage. I mean, he just, he gave shit about the whole thing. And now that the Hurt Business is going to be in the business of Raw Underground running roughshod on motherfuckers, here's what's going to happen. My hope is that we get a couple of weeks of the Hurt Business having business booming, as he would say, and he's beating up people left and right. However, lights start to flicker. Music stops playing for some reason. And after the Hurt Business, maybe they get another member. Maybe they get a woman. That's another thing, too. My hope would also include that there needs to be more women in Raw Underground fighting. Not dancing. Not shaking it. I want somebody up on the actual wrestling ring, women, showing how tough they are. Like having, you know, any type of the uh, the Ronda group people. You know, I, I'm sorry, I forget the two ladies' names that are in NXT. But maybe those two women. Jessamyn Duke and, uh... I'm Mina, yeah, Roderick Strong's baby mama. But... Yeah. Those women are very tough, very, very good at what they do, stuff like that. You have those people in Raw Underground as well. And then maybe, just maybe, you have the Hurt Business sitting there doing everything. Then the lights flicker, the mics go out, the music stops, all this shit. Then it's an all-out war, and you find out that there's five people, and they beat up the Hurt Business. And the Hurt Business could also be, and this is my original thought, was that the, there's three men and two women. Three of those men are going to be Ricochet, Ced Roche, uh, as the team, I guess. So Ricochet, <laughs> Ced Roche, no, Cedric the Sports Entertainer, Ricochet, and your boy, the original hacker, Ali. I think you're going to get two women with them, and it's going to be them against the Hurt Business. Whether it's in the underground, whether it's other things, it's going to be trickery versus flat-out just beating up people and it's going to be interesting i think it's we have to get through i know you guys don't like raw underground but i think it serves its purpose it's going to be a short-term thing we know it doesn't have a lifelong span of having it be here for years and years and years it's going to be short it's probably going to be portion of a better storyline going on we have to take that big you know big spoonful of sugar helps the medicine goes down which is raw underground for a lot of you but i think if you can just stomach Raw Underground for a couple more weeks, I think that it will help with the hackers or these uh, other people that are coming in, and I think you're going to see it um, because there is at least, like I said, two women, three men, maybe three women, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens here, and I think that having the Hurt Business maybe make them better would be phenomenal, and you make new stars right off the bat by having the Hurt Business, who have basically been in main event scenes the whole time the last, what, two months? Make everything seem yeah, more important. Yeah, they've been the best part of Raw, in my opinion, lately. So, so that's Not my that's my hope, joke. is that they eventually you know un unveil that, and I think it'll be interesting, because I think they, if they can find the trickery of the hackers and dissect certain things about Shelton Benjamin or, or things Lashley has done, or MVP talk shit about somebody behind somebody's back, they play the video back, you can do a lot of things with this stuff. So I'm, I'm very interested in it, and I think it's going to be good. Now, maybe someday you get your Orton thing. Maybe you'll be right. Who knows? But that's my hope, and I'm sticking with it. Well, how about this, WrestleMania? Because you are right about MVP constantly, like, bringing it up. But what if MVP's actually orchestrating this? And he was just doing that to kind of not make him a suspect. What if, you know, his boys, Vink and Thorne, are two of the guys under the mask, but maybe the women are Jessamyn Duke and the other one, and maybe, just maybe, Shayna Baszler is also joining the Hurt Business. And then you have a mega faction combined of men and women that MVP has been orchestrating, and he'd really run Rubshot and Raw. See, I don't mind that mm. either. I don't mind that. I honestly, that would be it's, it's, it's different. It's different. And there are people that haven't been yeah. used, and there's, you know, they have this whole thing about not being used, not being used, not being used. You know, Shayna Baszler sitting there punching Sasha Banks for no reason. You know, like, let's just do it. Like, let's just get things going, you know? But I don't know. Those are my, that's my hope. Not bad. But you know what, Nestle it's time for the comeback, and 
always in the shine, Mandy Rose is in the comeback because she came back this week. I mean, she's the number one female of all time. Absolute stud. It's good to have her back. We're all happier. Even if she does have short hair, we're all happier with Mandy Rose on our television. Short hair, don't care. My comeback this week goes to Chad Gable, not Shorty G, because I've been on his case since he's been called Shorty G, wearing a short Space Jam outfit wrestling and type of random <laughs> things. Uh, I, I am excited to see where this goes. I hope he gets, uh, you know, he's just called, maybe he's called Lord Gable or Sir Gable or oh, part Jesus. of the round table Gable. I don't care, as he's part of the king's... Prince Gable? Court. Sure, Prince Gable, whatever. Give him some knight or some kingly or royalty kind of thing. That'd be fun. Cause then he'd be the, maybe he could be the jester. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Get him something besides Shorty G in a fucking basketball shorts. You know, wait, like wait, hold on, hold on. So you'd be fine with him being a jester, but you have a problem with the Shorty G thing? No, 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 no. I, he's, I, I, he's not the jester. He's not the jester. He's a, he's a, he's a real person. Okay. God damn it. And he proved it when he did that to Riddle. So my comeback goes to Chad Gable, not Shorty G. I like it. What happened to Mega Powers? You sure? Like it. But uh, it's time to get to the big old finish, and that's the mania. Before we get into socializing and whatever, um, I do have a message from Cap, and he wants this to get through your skull because you bring it up a lot. Cap is an AEW mark. He likes AEW. It's his favorite show of the week. So when we talk about AEW, it actually makes him happy, not upset. But he did also want me to note that it's not include Warhorse. He thinks he sucks. I can't tell if you're trying to fuck me up or not. No, I'm 100% serious. He, Cap, Cap legitimately, like he's been telling me for months, AEW is his favorite show. He's edgier. It's more of what he's looking for. But you're always on the program always saying that. So he's like, just tell Nestle so he knows that I'm okay with the AEW talk. Well, I heard him telling me that he pulled off. Like, he just stopped talking when we we did it. So, or somebody did. So, I just did no, it. With... I mean, but that, that was NXT. He's not an NXT. Oh, NXT. okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to get to answer your second question, uh, yeah, Warhorse looked like he was ready to throw up on himself. So, I I don't really care about Warhorse. I think this is the part, and uh, we had in the Jobberknocker thread where it had uh, a picture of Cody saying, this is what Cody thinks he is, and it's a picture of Dusty. And then it says, but this is what he really is, and it's a picture of Jeff Jarrett. Like, that had me howling because... This is the part that I talked about about Cody Rhodes on AEW. He thinks he's doing this great, you know, he might as well be the Statue of fucking Liberty. He's, he's the conduit between AEW and the indie circuit because they're doing, you know, whatever. And yes, they are giving people chances and whatever. But you saw right there when you saw Warhorse, Warhorse, excuse me, Warhorse, he was worse than a horse. Uh, he was terrible. And it showed the difference between somebody that's polished like Cody and the indies. It showed what AEW lacks a lot of time too, where it, it is almost so gritty, it's so bad sometimes. And it just, it showed head and shoulders where there's there's a huge divide. Like like we talked about, there's a couple of main eventers, there's a gap, and there's some really okay people. And AEW, as much as I love AEW, that War Horse match made me go, eh. And, you know, to add, to add insult to injury, I'm sorry, I know TJ's going to shit all over me when I say this, but, you know, Zack Ryder comes out to a wet fart and, uh, <laughs> like, I couldn't, you could, you could paint him up as the ultimate warrior and call him the ultimate broski. I don't give a fuck about Zack Ryder or Matt Cardano or whatever. Like, that ship has sailed. He is not a credible threat. The fact that he's Cody's friend and, you know, the sweet life of Zack and Cody and whatever the fuck that all those memes were. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I, I am so over it. And it was just like, the fact that Cody said something like when Zack Ryder lost his job, he's like, I'm sorry, like, this isn't like all friends wrestling. But yet he hired his friends. So, you know, like, I think it's hypocritical. I think it's stupid. I think that, yeah, they did a good job not yeah, signing all the I, WWE guys, but they also have a shit ton of WWE guys already. So, yeah, I will say this about uh, Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona. I don't, it's not a long term signing. From what I read, it's like a three, appear, a three appearance fee. AW is doing it with a lot of people. Um, that's kind of how the revival started, too. They weren't signed, obviously. Obviously, they did the angle last week on TV. But I think, honestly, like, as much as I'm getting sick of these open challenges with, like, the indie stars, I still do like it and respect it because a lot of these other promotions aren't happening right now. And, co like, AEW is legitimately giving these people a chance to go out there and shine. I do think that it does hurt some of the accounts they have signed because um, I think some of them should be getting opportunities, but I also don't hate it because I think it is good for the industry because they're putting spotlight on these guys, which I think is good for everyone. But yeah, for the Zack Ryder one, obviously, I get people being like, oh, AEW is all ex-WWE uh, guys, which is like, okay, well, first of all, yes, you're right, and it is funny. But also, like, if people are leaving the WWE, that means they've been to the top, and they're, they're clearly top-level talent. 
So if you're signing them, then that's a good thing, I think. You know, truthfully, I think it's a really good thing because those guys were already at the top, and now you're bringing them in to try to, you know, mix in with what you have. Now, granted, obviously, there's a balance of, you know, you want to push your own guys along with them, but I don't think it's a bad thing to have that much ex-WWE guys. I mean, Impact has the same thing now. It's one of those things, what, you think these guys are going to lose jobs and not have offers from these companies? That would be my fight back to these people who, like Ray Ray, who love to pick on it. I just don't think Zach Ryder moves the needle. Like, I just, for me... No, he doesn't. Absolutely not. So, Absolutely not. And it's just like, it's stuff like this that makes me hate Cody Rhodes. Like, I'm not as a person. I just, as a character, I'm sitting there going like, oh, I don't look forward to your wrestling anymore. Like, I just don't. Like, I'm, he's a, he's a savvy... Yeah, I do. I don't look forward, I don't look forward to like a Warhorse or an Eddie Kingston match, but like, I look forward to like what it could be. And I, like I said, I do want him to get some feud here because... I I still love Cody Rhodes. I get why people don't like him, but I also think that's why at some point soon I think Cody's going to be a heel and I think it's going to be really good. I think Cody's going to align himself with the Revival now that Arn Anderson is helping out the Revival. Absolutely. So I mean, I would love that. Revival and Hayman, man. There's your, there's your four horsemen. I was going to say, as long Cody, as they don't call Hayman themselves the four horsemen or they call themselves the fourth pony man, I don't give a fuck. Just stay away from whatever fucking <laughs> shit they're going to call themselves. If they call themselves the work horses, <laughs> stop it. Like, if they call themselves, like, you know, like, old school wrestling or mid-Atlantic guys. Like, it's going to be Hangman, Cody, and The Revival as fucking some random oh, four-ass. I love it. That's what it's going to be. I love it, Nestle. That's going to be. I love it. I want it. I want it. I want with, it. With Arn Anderson now. scratching his ass. So that's it. <laughs> Dude, he's so bad. <laughs> he's so useless. So useless. Like I get, why, I get why they do it, but God, he, yeah, he's just so useless. It's so it's so not like he's he's got a wealth of information, but like just on television, like you're gonna tell me that his little cardboard is really gonna tell me like oh uh, this is what he usually does. <laughs> you're gonna tell me that they watch fucking tape and made a fucking like a laminated fucking thing of war horses, like come on, like his move set. Get the fuck out of here. Does it also say his dislikes and his likes that he likes long walks on the beach, heavy metal, and painting himself like a discount ultimate warrior? I don't know. Nobody's even seen what that piece of cardboard says. I would even tell you right now that that laminated piece of paper is probably the same piece of paper every goddamn week. Every goddamn week. Fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. Stupid. He's not Bill Belichick. <laughs> He's not on the sidelines. Like, there's no need for it. And who wrestles with a goddamn weight belt? Like, at least if it's a weight belt with Hollywood Hogan, he took it off and hit people with it, or it actually fit him. The nightmare weight, uh, weight belt that he uses pisses me off because it's, like, fucking hijacked into his fucking back. <laughs> it drives me insane. It's like, just take the fucking belt off. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I love this. I love when you get triggered by little things oh, like that. It, it angers me. I'll do nothing but laugh knowing that you're triggered. It angers me to no end. Like, he's, he, ugh, he is, he's so, ugh. I'm done. Like, I, I, I hope to Christ I'm never on a fucking AEW conference call. Like, I hope... TJ's not like, here, here's my password. Go fucking, you know, talk to Cody Rhodes. Because I'll probably lose my shit and be like, so how does it feel to be Jeff Jarrett 2.0 and fucking tank in three years? Like, he'll probably hate me and hang up. But that's how I feel sometimes. That is a, that is a cold take, but yes. Uh, yeah, I'm geez. angry. I'm angry. Jeff Jarrett never had a TNT contract, that's all. <sighs> Let's move on. You want to socialize the pod? Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. I didn't write down anything for next week. Do you have anything or NXT thoughts or anything? I don't care. No, I mean, honestly, I think AEW and NXT are kind of, you know, batting around maybe close to a million viewers if they're lucky. And if I watch it, I watch it. If not, I, I honestly, that's the reason I go to jobberknocker.com to make sure that I check out on our website all the links to the podcast as well as, you know, TJ's wonderful articles as well as the Joe Stopper killing it for AEW. MJF should be champion at all out because John Moxley needs to take a fucking powder because he's snoring me as well. Uh, but uh, also the links to the podcast as we've talked about on uh, Anchor, Google Play, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, let's see if I can do this all the way. Uh, like us on Facebook as well as Twitter at Jobberknocker, at Nestlemania, at J of the J. Uh, I can't do it. You want to do it? I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, follow us there for sure. Uh, at, on Twitter, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy D2411, at Joe Pollock 47 at TJ of the JK, and at The Real Deal B. Cox. And of course, at Jobberknocker, hit us up there. Hey, Nestlemania, you almost made it there. You almost made it there. Listen, because there were screaming kids a couple of weeks on, the, on this program, and I love my children and my wife, I am literally sitting in 90-degree weather in my car without the AC just to have better audio. 
So yes, I'm sorry I'm about to faint. I haven't eaten and I'm cranky and I just need to go inside and hit the AC. That's what I need. Well, it's, it's all good. We are going to get to that in a second, but I do have to uh, give one last plug before we sign off. Um, our boy, the backcracker, at, at Dr. Joe Gilmore on Twitter, is hosting a Call of Duty tournament that your boy, Nestlemania, is actually playing in. Um, there's 10 teams. It's called the Doc. It's called the Backcracker Invitational 2 Electric Boogaloo. Um, five teams have already played, including mine. We are currently seeing at second in 87th. If we remain in the top six, which I think we will be, we will move on to a knockout round. There is also a celebrity team uh, in the event, uh, Team WEEI for local radio listeners in Boston. Uh, Rich Keith and Jermaine to the Wiggy Wig are actually playing on it. Uh, they were supposed to play last night, but they did not. So they'll be playing either Wednesday or Thursday. So keep up with the backcracker on Twitter because that could be interesting because neither of them are very good, whereas the producer they're playing with, uh, Shine Time, is very good. So, yeah, uh, follow our boy. And if you like video games, you should be watching because uh, I streamed a little on Monday WrestleMania and my team played well. So I'm pretty proud of myself. You know what I'm more upset about? That you guys don't plug the jobber knocker. Oh, it's literally it's in the backcracker's bio on Twitch, bro. No, 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 no. I want, I want, I want you to fucking kill somebody in 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 Call of Duty and be like, super hot fire. Follow Jobber Knocker. That's what I fucking want. That's for me. The amount of focus that I need to be halfway decent at Call of Duty. If I'm in the gulag and killing someone, all I'm thinking about is not dying when I'm shooting back down into the war zone. But I will do my best. Listen, all I'm saying is show a little Jobber Knocker love. If the backcracker really loves us and he's got this. Just throw it out there every once in a while. Jesus. Oh, you are, you are always like that. You're always looking for the cheap plug. Listen, I would plug. You just plug three minutes of the guy's Twitter or Twitch or whatever <laughs> the fuck it was. Come on. Spread the love. Oh, yeah, baby. Spread the love is yeah, all I'm saying. We get supporters, Nestlemania. We literally have a section in this Twitch bio. Ugh. 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 On that note, let's wrap this thing up, huh? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dining piece, so I'm no hungry. <sighs> On that note, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week in the underground with more Jobber Knockery. Yeah.